Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking Under Pressure. I'm James King, the Bankers Europe editor, and I'm joined today by Jean-Francois Robin, the Texas's head of research for corporate and investment banking. Uh, Jean-Francois, thanks for being here today. Thank you for receiving me. Looking at the euro area economy for 2020, mirroring events elsewhere in the world, the prognosis seems fairly bleak. We've seen uh, an expectation from the European Commission that there will be a contraction in the region of of 7.7% this year. Just how serious do you think this economic crisis is for the euro area? This is very serious uh, economic crisis, and not only economic, it's sanitary, it's uh, it's as well financial, but it's yeah, it's definitely uh, probably a, a big, big crisis. So it's one of its own kind. So it's a very unique one uh, by, by many, many aspects, probably uh, much bigger than in 2008, 2009 in terms of economic uh, shock. Uh, but it's probably going to be a shorter shock as well. So it's, uh, it's going to, to, to last a quarter around on average, and we shall expect a rebound. But all in all, it's going to be a big shock for sure. How will that play out, do you think, in terms of, sort of the individual constituent euro area states? Will this be an uneven shock, essentially, uh, in the way that it impacts um, different countries within the euro area? Well, I think a lot depends on, on many things. The shape of the country, of any given country uh, before this crisis, the, the magnitude of, and the, I would say, the speed of the answer, the way we, we respond to this, to this shock. But again, uh, this is a big shock for everyone. Uh, at so you were mentioning the European Commission, we think it's going to be close to, to minus 9%. So if you compare that to 2008 or 2009, it was uh, minus 3, minus 2.9% for France, for instance. And this time it's going to be closer to minus 9%. But again, very concentrated in, in one quarter for any country uh, within Europe. So uh, be it Italy, uh, obviously very, very uh, badly hit. And I think Italy is, is clearly at the crossroads of these two elements. It was probably weak on a weak spot uh, before this crisis. It's been especially hit uh, by the coronavirus. And remember that Lombardia well, had probably one of the best uh, uh, sanitary system before that. So it's not a question about equipment or, uh, or number of beds per, per inhabitant. It's probably part of the response, but not only that. So I think Italy is, uh, was in a weak spot before, was hardly hit. So this is probably going to hit uh, more. More Italy than, than Germany, for instance. Think of the debt to GDP. Uh, probably the magnitude of the answer by, by the government is, is pretty much the same. And we are talking about something like a 10% of GDP for, for almost everyone in Europe, including uh, an, uh, some European answers on top of that. So it's a big, big shock. It's a big response by government. But obviously, if you have a very low debt to GDP, very low, uh, if not positive, budget is very different. The answer, the, the, the way and the leeway way to answer this, uh, this shock is very, very much dependent on, on the country. So obviously, Germany on a much better shape before and after this crisis than, than, than Italy. But as well, if you look at uh, Portugal, Portugal is doing very well. Greece, at the end of the day, should be okay going, going out of this. So, uh, so it's uneven to answer your question. The interesting point that you mentioned is really is is looking at Italy as a, as a specific case case study here. I mean, you mentioned it has very high uh, public debt levels. The the fiscal deficit is widening in the country as the government responds to this to this crisis. Given some of those conditions and given, I guess, the country's economic outlook, there have been some discussions around 
you know, a potential downgrade of Italy's credit rating, which hasn't happened yet. We're talking um, in, in mid-May at the moment, but it hasn't happened yet. Could you see that as a potential side effect of this crisis? Is this something which is feasible, do you think, for Italy? It's a strong possibility of, of, uh, uh, for Italy to be downgraded uh, going forward. Having said that, uh, to be honest, uh, the bulk of the shock should be around here. I think that the peak of the shock, probably the peak of the uh, epidemic is behind us, uh, the pandemic even, uh, probably the coronavirus is behind us, but as well the peak of the shock, uh, the, the, the low point of the shock is probably uh, behind us because, uh, as, we, as we know, uh, since the start of May, Italy is reopening up. So the economy uh, in Italy as, as for the rest of Europe and not a single country is not doing the same at the moment which is reopening step by step so going forward the situation at the end of the day should be a, a bit better uh, in the incoming months and quarters for Italy so to be honest I think if any the downgrade should have happened uh, before uh, after it's a little bit behind the curve anyway but that's totally possible to have a, uh, some downgrade given the fact that the debt to GDP the deficit would be uh, uh, much more at than, than before. So uh, there is lots of uh, degradation of the credit ratios of uh, a country like, uh, like Italy. But again, huh, having said that, situation should be, uh, should be improving. We have seen as well that the ECB respond to that has been very much uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to get uh, the ECB a little bit less dependent on the ratings and to say, well, if it's a fallen angel, uh, which is if, if you had an investment grade rating and you lost it, I, I can be still be able to refinance your debt or your, your credit. So for, for mm -hmm. Italy, probably the big risk uh, is, is uh, out of the picture. Right. Okay. And 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 actually, I wanted to build on that point there, Jean-Francois, on, on on the ECB's sort of interventions here. I actually want to jump to our final question, which is really around, I guess, the response to the ECB um, in in light of 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 the current crisis, and to get your take, I guess, um, you know, as, as to how effective it has been. Has it once again come to Europe's rescue? And what do you expect in terms of further interventions from the ECB over the course of the of the year? The ECB makes no exception. Uh, we are facing the same kind of uh, uh, shock with a big magnitude, uh, quite similar all over the world. So ECB, no, no different here, which is I'm going to be doing whatever it takes to deal with this crisis and for the ECB, as usual, to save the Eurozone if, if any needs arise uh, to that. But again, I think the Eurozone now, every single crisis with questioning the solidity of the Eurozone, it's fair to say that now they have uh, the, the Eurozone has, <laughs> has gone through probably the worst two crises in, in, in a century and still there. So I think the ECB, whatever it takes response, it's not anymore to save the Eurozone, but probably to do whatever it takes to make sure that uh, the states, the government are able to refinance themselves because the bulk of the shock on, on government shoulders. So I think it's kind of a feedback loop and uh, uh, to make sure that the, this, this shock is, is, is able to be refinanced in a, in a decent way by the government and, and the other way around that the, the banking system has enough liquidity uh, to finance the economy. So I think the ECB uh, can do uh, almost everything. Uh, we have seen that they are, they are buying junk uh, uh, bonds uh, if, if, it, if it happens. That ECB has already been buying corporate bonds so well in advance of the Federal Reserve in the US, for instance. So the ECB has done a lot of things and uh, negative rates, uh, quantitative easing, including buying some sovereign uh, and so on and so forth. So I guess there is not such a limit that 
what the ECB can do. And the positive thing is that what the ECB will actually do, I think, I'm not too sure they will do much more because, like I said, the bulk of the shock is probably uh, around the second quarter. Third, fourth quarter should be much better. Uh, we can talk about double-digit figures, obviously, because we are coming from a, from a very, very low point. So I think the next quarter are going to be much better in a way. So maybe the ECB has not going to do much more than what has been done already okay so it's really it's played its role it's it's supported the euro area when it needed support and that has been enough so far it's a kind of a, what we used to say for the fed like the green span put for the ecb in a way it's it's a kind of safety net if needed the ecb will be stepping in do not fight the central bank read my lips or whatever you want the ecb wants to make sure that if any big whining of spread or if any big story comes out for the eurozone the ecb will be there and i think that the lesson of the last two crises that the ecb uh, uh, is uh, well like any other central bank and the, the same can be done with the, the fed in terms of analysis the ecb is ready to do uh, again whatever it takes uh, there is no limit in a way like uh, jerome powell said for the fed at, at what uh, the central bank can be doing if if, if the needs arise of, of doing so. But for now, I think it's much more into some kind of safety net for the ECB in a kind of a wait and see mode uh, going forward. If, uh, if the situation stabilizes and the economy is recovering, we have a steep uh, recovery after this big shock we are in, then probably ECB won't do much. On the contrary, if we have a second wave with the coronavirus or we have a big, uh, I don't know, a big story with the Italian spread, probably then the ECB uh, would have no choice but to, to step in again. We'll certainly uh, wait and see. But in the meantime, Jean-Francois, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. 